Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have three quarters of our crew in today, Pastor Phil from Christ Prez and Pastor Russ from Cloverdale. Unfortunately, Pastor Jonathan is not with us today. We miss our brother. So please come back, Jonathan. Um, we have been trekking through the Psalms. Um, we've been plugging Robert Godfrey's book, Learning to Love the Psalms. He's going to be one of our speakers at the Reformation Boise Conference this year, November 13th and 14th. And uh, we are hoping that this quarantine is going to be lifted by then, aren't we? <laughs> I don't see why we wouldn't be. But uh, so mark on your calendars. It's going to be a great conference. Our theme this year um, is uh, Be Thou My Vision. We have Dr. Robert Godfrey and Terry Johnson, uh, both of which have served um, the church for, is it fair to say, decades for both of them? Well, both have to be. Well, Godfrey, I think, is close to 70. And Johnson, I, I think, is in his either upper, I'm sure he's 60s. Okay. Yeah. So, so yes. Served the church. Uh, both of them were, was Godfrey, Godfrey was the president of Westminster uh, West in Escondido. Was he also a pastor? I think earlier on in his ministry he was. And, and Don't quote me on that. And Terry Johnson has served as a pastor, and he's written a really great book on the attributes of God, um, and it's been published by Banner of Truth. And I would just say this about any book on the attributes of God, either the Puritan Stephen Charnock or A.W. Pink or A.W. Tozer. Uh, if you're looking for assurance of salvation, if you're looking for comfort in troubled times, there's nothing like reading about the attributes of God. And Terry Johnson has done a wonderful job in his new book. So that's a plug for our conference, but we are trekking through the Psalms. Um, brothers, we are at Psalm 29 this morning. So if, Russ, you want to read that for us? Sure. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters, the God of glory thunders, the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. One of the things that strikes me about this psalm right away, I heard uh, 
Ligon Duncan talk about worship in the Psalms. And uh, we, just like you guys, you, you guys have a call to worship at the beginning of your service, right? Where you, you yeah. read a passage from scripture and it's essentially God calling his people into worship. And, mm -hmm. and most of those calls to worship, at least the ones that we do, are imperatives. They're come sing unto the Lord, come praise his name. And this is how Psalm 29 begins, right? The first two verses talk about ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to him glory and strength. Well, here, here was Ligon Duncan's point, is that you never find a call to worship in scripture where God doesn't give the reason why you should worship him. So the first two verses really deal with Come and worship the Lord. And then every verse after that tells us why we should worship him. And then it's just a, a, a collage of everything that the voice of the Lord does. It's interesting. Verses one and two isn't calling us so much to worship. It's us as humans calling the angels to worship. Right. Heavenly beings. Um, and it's interesting that sometimes you can read this and go, well, oh, this psalm doesn't apply to me. This is calling somebody else. But thankfully, Psalm 96 uses almost the exact same phraseology and says, ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, bring an offering and come into his courts, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness, tremble before him all the earth. So just in case we wanted to say, well, Psalm 29 isn't about me, it's about angels. Um, Psalm 96 helps clarify that, oh, what's good for angels is also good for, good for us, using almost well, identical language. Well, and isn't there, uh, one, one of the miracles of worship is that when, when we worship the God of the Bible, we are joining the worship of heaven. Mm. We, we never worship alone. Um, we are, uh, you know, and, and this is particularly powerful in the, in the visions of the book of revelation that show us the worship of heaven, that when we worship on earth, we are, we're not alone. We're joining with the worship of heaven yes. in which we will one day participate directly, but we are, we are worshiping, uh, right now along with the angels and, and the beings before the throne. Um, that's so encouraging on Sunday mornings Yes, <laughs> when, when I go up behind the pulpit and, and give the greeting and give the call to worship that we're not beginning something new. We're simply joining in something that is joining in. Been going on. Um, just real quick, it might be helpful to note that throughout the Psalm, the word Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is used 18 times. That's a lot in yeah. 11 verses. Um, but I think our listeners should just remember that the Lord is not a title. Um, so we read Lord and think title um, like president. Um, but this is actually the Lord's personal name. Yes. Um, so it, it would be, if you were with all respect and reverence and awe, it would be like his first name. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It's how he chose to reveal himself to Moses. Um, Yahweh. Right. And so it's just helpful when you're reading um, the scriptures to know the difference between a title, Lord, capital L, all lowercase O R D, and a personal name, all capital Lords. Yeah. 
And this is why right. some translations have begun to use the name Yahweh to try to distinguish when is it a personal name and when is it, is it a title. Yeah. 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 And many listeners may know that the, the tradition of translating Yahweh as Lord with all caps uh, is kind of a kind of a nod to the Jewish tradition that, that Yahweh is not to be pronounced aloud. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I still, uh, and maybe just because I'm a traditionalist, um, but I, I, I don't like the translations that, that, that translate Yahweh as Yahweh, even though I'm saying it aloud right now at this moment, um, <laughs> almost, first of all, out of, out of respect to our, our Jewish neighbors and, but, but also in, uh, that I think that they were onto something, and that in in that that's uh, just so holy you don't say it aloud. And so the the ancient Jewish tradition was to translate it tra- translate Yahweh as Adonai uh, or Lord. Well, I could be off a little bit, so you guys can correct me with your guys's much longer and aged wisdom. But the the caps Lord isn't it just the continents uh, the consonants Y. H W H, and so Yahweh. That even that pronunciation is our best guess because we're kind of sticking vowels in there. Right, right. Well, all Hebrew doesn't have vowels. Right. It has, you know, there's little markings that they put below the text. But um, yeah, uh, that that that's true. Yeah. So um, the other thing that's repeated, Russ, you you pointed out the word Lord, but the other thing that's repeated several times is the the word voice. Um, is there an allusion to, so we've talked about how the Psalms ultimately, you know, picture Christ. Uh, you quoted Luke 24 yesterday. Is this, is this an allusion to Christ here? I'm not sure in that way. Um, Spurgeon actually says that the voice of the Lord going out, and, and this is specifically talking about a thunderstorm that comes across the Mediterranean into Lebanon and goes across the, the wilderness of, of Kadesh, um, a powerful storm um, that absolutely leaves chaos and destruction in its waste, that it's a power unmatched. And Spurgeon equates this to the gospel going forth. Mm. And says that the voice of the Lord here in the thunderstorm is the same sense of the voice of the Lord going forth um, in the preached word. That when Jesus Christ is is um, proclaimed, it's it's it breaks hard hearts. It it breaks all that stands in its way. It shakes the foundations of people's world. That it flashes forth as as lightning and illuminates their need for a savior. And um, it's in his treasury of the Psalms and it's a beautiful application. I think of, of the Psalm saying, yeah, you see a glory in a, in a thunderstorm, but you see a greater glory in the gospel. Well, you know, what's interesting. I, what immediately I thought of when you said that is that uh, there's nothing that incites more anger or more encouragement in the world today than the, than the, the gospel being preached. Uh-huh. You can talk about almost anything, and there are, there are subjects that will make people angry, but nothing makes the enemies of the Lord more angry than the preached word, and nothing encourages the people of the Lord than the gospel being preached. Yes, 
Yes. You know, uh, this repeated refrain in Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Uh, the voice of the Lord flashes forth like flames of fire. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. Um, I mean, it's just this this litany of, of uh, repetition of the power of the voice of the Lord. And, you know, if, if you ask, who is God? And, of course, you know, that's a common question, you know, who? Who is the God of the Bible? And one of the ways to answer that um, is that our God is the God who speaks, the God who is not silent. Uh, the great Francis Schaeffer once wrote a little book called He is There and He is Not Silent, um, that God has revealed himself to the, to the world, that God uses his voice. And, and of course, the imagery of the psalm is, is in the, the, the forces of nature God is speaking. And in that way, it's kind of reminiscent of Psalm 19, you know, where it says the heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Um, that, that the power of nature, and, and it's using the imagery of a thunderstorm, as Russ said, the power of nature speaks God's word, speaks a, a testimony to God and to the world. And of course, most powerfully, Jesus Christ is the Word of God, uh, speaking into the world in, in, in the gospel. And so, I, I just want to say an amen. I, I wouldn't, of course, I'd never disagree with Spurgeon, but uh, that this is the power of the gospel going out. Amen. And I love how the psalm ends. It begins with saying, "Give God glory and strength," and then it ends by saying, "Oh, the strength that we are praising God for." is the strength that he gives to his people. Yes. The glory that we praise becomes our peace. And so I just think it's a beautiful capturing of, of that in this psalm. Yeah, may the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope to see you next time.